Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors. Brought to you by Trax Power Sports Rentals. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to hour number two and the final one for another week. As always, a pleasure to have you with us here for another week of KSL Outdoors Radio. Navi's uh, back in class, so it's uh, Tim Hughes and Russ Smith. We didn't get time in that first hour, but I am still looking forward oh. to uh, chatting about this new Garmin. We'll get to it, yeah. In, in a nutshell, though, it's first of all, it's a small device, but is it meant just to take and send messages? No, or? you get the full package, the the mapping and everything with this. It's very similar to the to the Garmin Mini, except that the the messaging part of it is much more enhanced and be able to follow you and this thing will send messages on your cell phone also hmm. if you're in cell service right. whatever service you're in if you're not it'll send it uh, on uh, satellite well we'll talk more yeah. about it uh, coming up still to come in this hour in the next few minutes uh we will check in with uh, mark and and bob they hire i think are back from their desert experience of last week where they checked in with us and they're going to be uh, talking about places to go and enjoy the fall color with us today We'll also uh, reconnect with Mike and Jennifer Cottle, who are wrapping up their RV adventure. They were up in Alaska, but uh, last time we checked, we're headed toward Jasper. Yeah, that was their next destination and crossed, crossed and home. In Canada, right? Yeah, they're going to go see Banff and all that stuff and then head south. I can't wait to hear um, you know, what kind of experiences they had in Banff. Yeah. We, di- we did it on motorcycles not that many years ago. And then uh, also we'll get some more information about the upcoming cowboy poetry gathering that's coming up at uh in heber in a couple of weeks more on that uh, just ahead we actually i've been enjoying i don't know about you but yeah, uh, i'm watching it just watching the uh underwater cam from the 2022 kokanee salmon spawn up on the strawberry river and a minute ago had a pretty good sized salmon <laughs> we're pretty exciting guys <laughs> uh salmon all colored up and uh and swam by but we want to talk and bring into the conversation here Captain Chad Betridge. Last week, Russ, you and I were maybe a little overexcited yeah, well, ab- yeah. about information about this drone team that is coming to yeah. the Division of Wildlife Re- Resources to help enforce some of the laws and rules out there in the wild. And uh, the first thing that came to mind to me, I don't know why, uh, and maybe it's because this was in the news a week or so ago, was our Space Force yeah. uh, from the federal level in Washington. And it was a few days ago that the Space Force actually released an official song. 
with a mighty watchful eye. Go ahead, sing along, folks. Guardians Beyond the Blue. The Invisible Front Line. Warfighters brave and true. Boldly reaching into space. There's no limit to our sky. Standing guard both night and day. We're the Space Force from on high. Now, I don't know, Chad. powerful 90... <laughs> Chad, I don't know. You guys have uh, maybe working on a song to officially announce the drone squad here coming up? I'm pretty sure we just changed the name of our group. So uh, <laughs> we, I can't wait to talk to these guys about their new calling as space operators. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's going to be great. All joking aside, uh, the idea of using modern technology for policing purposes is nothing new. And, boy, it has sure saved law enforcement in the biggest of cities a lot of money from not having to have a helicopter in the sky 24-7 and fueling it and staffing it. But what a great idea. Talk to us about how this is going to change and expand the work you can do uh, over vast areas of Utah. It's We're really excited about this program. It's uh, And it's just, it's just that. So a lot of our crime scenes and a lot of the areas that our officers end up working are just great, big, huge vast areas and uh, you know trying to collect evidence and trying to find all parts of a, a situation or a, a circumstance that went that occurred is difficult so using these drones utilizing these drones getting a bird's eye view is going to make our officers jobs considerably easier and and will be just become more efficient i'm i'm curious about who you're looking for for this work i mean i at first blush, I would think, okay, you're looking for young guys that are gamers that, you know, are good at the controls and probably have some skills, uh, but maybe you can teach some old dogs new tricks. What are you looking at right now? So the, the we have five officers that are currently, they just passed their certification to become drone pilots, uh, and they are across the board in, in age. So, uh, you know, there's, there's some younger guys, uh, they, but there are some older guys that are that are taking this mantle on to become space pilots and uh, <laughs> and and jumping on to, into this program and 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 so far it's it's been great they they've done a great job how will they enforce or is this just uh, sort of oversight at this point and maybe using gps coordinates to find poached animals or any other something that's going on out there yeah so the 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 plan or what we envision this uh, is Using utilizing the drones to help us find, like it's talked about before, locating evidence and and illegally taking wildlife. But it also will come into play as as we're documenting the crime scene. And and a lot of times when we, you know, work on our case reports and stuff like that and present them to the uh, prosecutors, an overview of of the of the scene and what happened really helps kind of emphasize this the circumstances, I guess, if you will. And, and this, the drone will, will greatly benefit our, our ability to do things like that. It'll also help us, you know, with, with landowners by, you know, helping map out their, the, the property and, you know, working on trespassing cases, different things like that. So I, I do think there's going to be a lot of utilization in those areas, but there's going to be a lot of things that we haven't even thought of that the drones are going to be really helpful in too. One of the things that made this list was documenting boat accidents. Uh, some of that's kind of tough to get to for those of you that are, you know, uh, now as conservation officers out there. This would be a breeze for somebody standing there on the uh, on the shoreline and just running a drone out where it needs to go. 
Yeah, and and for the most part, the the Division of Parks and Recreation handle the boating accidents, but we are there and we're offering our assistance if there if it's needed. Uh, so it's it's not something that our our agency oversees, but it's something that we see as could be valuable just in the way that you just talked about it. I uh, also on the list assisting biologists with wildlife surveys. Is that to get sort of uh, what you would get as sort of an, an aerial estimate and then timesing it times the uh, amount of acreage that you're dealing with and come up with some estimates on uh, numbers? Yeah, this is population numbers. Each, you know, each uh, later on in the winter, uh, biologists and officers go out and do counts, uh, you know, from big game to waterfowl, all these, all these things we kind of do some, some counts on and the drones will help on in, in that regards. They'll just, you know, fly them up there and we'll be able to point out uh, how many animals are in a certain area and then they can run through their ex- extrapolations and get a population estimate removing nuisance wildlife from urban areas again we're not talking about drones that are going to physically move these things but just uh finding them i guess yeah so i just i'm thinking through my through my career of the amount of times that a moose came down into into town or something like that uh, and even a couple times mountain lions have come down and uh and you know the moose just disappears for a minute and with the drones help those things won't happen so we can we can put the drone up and they can follow that moose around and we'll just be more effective in, in keeping the public safe and keeping the, the wildlife safe and being able to get those out of neighborhoods. How do you see this helping hunter education, if at all? So I think it's going to help hunter education as a way to maybe even just get introduced to our officers a little bit. And uh, we can potentially make some videos, different things like that, that can show what an officer does and, and how they're, they go about their day. Uh, but anyway, we can we can relate to young kids and, and get them interested in you know wildlife and and hunting and fishing is is a, a priority for us. Uh, so things like that is is something that we're always looking into. Are we going to see a new YouTube channel with with videos on it? Oh come on, <laughs> that would be awesome to see what's so so. Those of us that are sitting in the chair here can see what's going on, you know. Yeah. Awesome it's see. I mean, yeah, yeah. I I I doubt it. Oh, these cool. are going to be these are going to be used specifically for our investigations and and uh, they're pretty they're pretty restrictive as far as what their use can be right now. And then, you know, yeah. if we get involved into, you know, into private property and where homes and stuff and where people live, <laughs> then we got to go through warrants and yeah. and, and being a, a proper approval to run them there too so well and all joking aside in in a true crime investigation whether that's poaching or anything else this stuff this footage would be called in as evidence and so it has to be uh you know kept safe and and uh, be used legitimately absolutely absolutely we i mean it's 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 used by a law enforcement agency by officers that are out investigating or conducting law enforcement type uh you know situations so all of that is it's uh, like I said, the, the policy is pretty restrictive, and if needs be, we'll we'll gain the proper warrants and and all things like that. So yeah, we we just Sounds won't good. fly them out and and use them to check licenses or anything like that. That's not in the plan. That's still what our officers will do. But uh, these will help in in other avenues. Do you see this uh, as a growing department? You have five now. Do you have goals of adding more? Or you're just kind of in a wait and see mode. So it's it's kind of similar as our our, our canine team. We have five dogs, mm-hmm. and uh, they're spread out across the states as well. And uh, you know we're sort of just letting the program build. And uh, there's always talk about you know expanding the program. We're just we're just not quite there yet. So we're gonna 
get uh, our pilots a lot of experience and, and get them involved in as many situations as we can. And if we need to get more drones, it's always on the table. It's just uh, five right now works out well for us. Well, so we'll start with that. If you're <laughs> if you're interested in input on the uh, uniform design or the theme song, <laughs> Russ is offering his uh, yeah, his talent. Help you out with that. Although it might get you in more trouble than you really are looking for. <laughs> it'll be it'll be fun to to watch this grow and see how, how well this is going to work. I'm yep. sure it's going to be very successful. We're excited about it and uh, can tell that uh, you are too, Captain Chad Betridge. Thanks for all you do. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, all right. We're going to take a break. Uh, let's see. Coming up next, road tripping. Going to look for some fall color with the help of Bob and Mark here on uh, KSL Outdoors Radio. Do not go away. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You can tell by the music, of course, that it's time for us to do a little road tripping. Road tripping with Bob and Mark.com. Road again. Talking, of course, about uh, Bob Grove, Mark Wade. Both of them are on the phone. Uh, you, you're back, Bob, from your uh, desert experience and it sounds like according to mark you guys also squeezed in a little trip to uh bear lake in the meantime yeah and uh well when this airs we will have also been in aurora oh wow <laughs> you, you guys so, get around yeah it's been pretty pretty crazy lately with a lot of travel going around the state uh taking photographs of off-road trails and working with counties it's it's uh, been good Mark, I know you wanted to get a shout-out to uh, Epic Recreation and Mark Smoot out there. Where did he help you along the way? Mark is one of the key kind of movers and shakers up in the Bear Lake area, Lake Town, and he's got Epic Recreation up there. And he set up our, our tour the, uh, for Monday and Tuesday to go on UTVs up into the mountains west of Bear Lake. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to talk about where the colors are changing. They're color uh, or changing just about everywhere, some you know, we're at uh, nearing peak performance right now. Others are just getting started. But, Bob, since you've been in Bear Lake, let's start there. Well, you know, the the leaves seem to be coming out later in many areas of the state. Uh, we didn't see much down in Miller County when we were there, hoping to. But in Bear Lake, we saw them uh, in the higher elevations. A lot of the maples and oaks were out. The uh, aspens were becoming brilliant. I mean, our last day there, they were just really looking nice. So, yeah, in certain areas of the state, they're really, you know, Logan Canyon was just kind of in the early stage, which really surprised us. But I'm sure by now they're they're pretty colorful. Yeah. And, of course, uh, that's right along the Idaho-Wyoming borders up there. I can't imagine. I, I haven't been up there in the fall, which is weird. Becky and I made a – the last time we were up there was on one of our road trips with the adventure group. Right. Uh, Russ. Went but over the hill there. Yeah. Becky and I took a motorcycle ride up there that was early in the year, not late in the year. But I would imagine, Bob, that uh, those colors, the fall colors set against that turquoise blue water is even more spectacular. It is. We were high up into the hills uh, west of Bear Lake. And, you know, of course, that turquoise blue water from the calcium carbonate that's in it, the particles in there is what causes the color. 
the the colors on top were really nice you know reds oranges yellows golds it was it was really nice to be up there but the so the contrast in color was just very brilliant Mark, did uh, Mark Smoot get you on a, a side-by-side or an ATV to check out some of the trails up there? He did, and he invited a lot of people to come along. So we had five or six machines on Monday and Tuesday, and we were out. One of the places we went to, we were up at about eight, between eight and 10,000 feet, I'd say. And nice. one of the places we got to was a place called Peter Sinks that's become famous, and mostly because of the local news and weather saying it's one of the coldest places in the lower 48 states and it's interesting the one place called peter sinks it's only i think 45 years ago they discovered it but it'll drop to almost 70 degrees below zero in this sink it's, it's literally a limestone bowl and the air just sinks down into the bowl it rains the water drains down into aquifers down below through <clears throat> excuse me cracks in the limestone but the air just settles in there and it gets it's just incredibly cold even in the summertime as we drove into there, the temperatures were, were going down. As we dropped into the sink, it went down 10 or 15 degrees. Yeah. We were joking uh, before we jumped in for our conversation that Charlie Jennings used to take, anyway, some of his yeah. gear up there just to test it out. If it was really good to 30 below or 40 below. Stay warm in the sink, then it's good gear. Yeah. Uh, he actually yeah. got he got chased out of there one time on uh, a Klondike Derby oh, or whatever they yeah. call that thing. Scouts, yeah. Where they took the scouts out and the scouts said, I'm not staying here why all would, night. Why would they do that? Take me home. Um, Bob, let's talk about Logan. You said that it wasn't quite as uh, developed as far as colors go than some of the other areas. Yeah, but they, it was starting to come around fairly. We just noticed within two days of being up there at Bear Lake when we were coming back down the canyon that the, that they were really starting to come out in the uh, higher elevations. I, I'm betting that in the next few days that that canyon is just going to be on fire it's going to be amazing we were wishing that we'd come a week later because i think that's when the colors will be at their peak yeah and i uh, i mention this every year but that stretch between manaway and uh, logan yeah. when you drive through there the reds in particular that come out from those maples are just amazing yeah and they hadn't come out yet when we drove through again everything's coming out a little later than normal this year it seems and uh, if you go across Manuway down to Logan on Sargent Canyon, don't go over the speed limit. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. We, we called him RoboCop a long time ago when we used to hang out at Manuway, but uh, he lives for writing tickets up there. He really does. Uh, and, there were two of them working it while we went through. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Mark, because we're running out of time, I'm sure you saw quite a bit of wildlife on this trek, too. We did. Uh, there were moose, deer. We didn't see elk. Saw some geese, some sandhill cranes. And, you know, one of the highlights of our trip was we stopped off in Randolph, just south of Bear Lake, 20 miles. They've got a new little bakery there. Fantastic breakfast. They're open till about 1 o'clock each day. Uh, we recommend going to Randolph as you, as you do the loop there and get some good breakfast. Can you still get one? You know, of- I'd have to say, yeah. I was gonna, Tim, I was going to say one of our wildlife highlights was going to see Old Ephraim's grave. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was Old a big. That was a big bear. That was a big old grizzly bear. The 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 sign said it was nine foot eleven inches tall and uh, about eleven hundred pounds. Yikes! Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for the tips and a good time to get out and about and enjoy some of the fall color here in Utah. One of my favorite times of year. Go road tripping with these guys. It's road tripping with Bob and Mark We're back after a news update.
two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.